When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on Maroon Friday. Man, it's, it just feels so good in Starkville right now. It's cool. It's clear. And there is the hint of Bulldog football in the air. We're going to have a chance to see the Bulldogs in person at Davis Wade Stadium tomorrow. I absolutely cannot wait. I want to make sure that you guys understand, and I can't emphasize this enough. The university has sent out a video and if you're not a video person, you can go to hellstate.com. There is some game day instructions. It is very, very, very important that you familiarize yourself with every bit of that. I'm going to do my best to kind of hit the high points for you today uh, before we kind of get too deep into the show. We're going to pick the uh, pick the games. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that we've learned. And then uh, also of note, top 10 list, one of my favorite bands. So if you go to hellstate.com, there is a, a schedule, and then there is the, uh, the official website of Mississippi State Athletics, and then there is a maroon bar right there. Down towards the end, it says game day. You need to click on game day. Because if you are not familiar with these protocols, it is going to be a very, 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 very frustrating proposition getting into the game on Saturday. There is already enough to think about, despite the fact that we're going to have 25% attendance. And, and listen, Tate Reeves has upped the um, venue outline or protocols to 50% for high school venues, not for college. Because they say, well, what's the distinction? You know, I don't know, but it's not going to be 50%. I'm told not to expect any increase until potentially November. All of that said, go to hellstate.com, click on the game day tab, and then there will be a lot of things there to kind of, that you need to familiarize yourself with. There's the stadium map, stadium location. You say, okay, still have already got that. But here's the deal. There is going to be COVID guidelines and protocols at the bottom. Everything else is in maroon, including the fan guide, the concessions map, and there's some great new concessions this year. I can't wait. Might have a uh, pulled pork sandwich to commemorate the Arkansas visit. But down at the bottom there, there is a black tab that says COVID guidelines and protocols. You need to click on that. So again, this is on the Health State website. There are links there, including the CDC screening tab. You're going to need to use that. There's so much there. There's the, the tailgating aspect, ticket information, mobile ticketing, stadium entry. Familiarize yourself with all of that. I'm going to run through some of them real quick here. But again, take some personal accountability. Go to hellstate.com. Say it again. Not jeans page. You need to be a jeans page too, but maybe we write an article about this one, but we don't. Go to the source. Go to hellstate.com. Click on the game day tab, and then there's going to be the COVID guidelines and protocols. And listen, I know that's a little disconcerting. All these other things are going on. You just want to go to the game. But if you show up simply with uh, your mobile ticket in hand, 
without doing these things, they're going to make you do them. And if you show up without the clear bag, I, listen, I don't care how how much money you give. If you don't have that clear bag, you're not going to get in. It's going to be a long walk back to the car. But here are some of the things about stadium entry that you need to know. Markers will be placed at six-foot intervals to help maintain physical distancing, and signage will be displayed to encourage fans to properly physical distance. That's pretty simple. We do that every, everywhere we go now, unless you go get a plate lunch and there's some lady crowd at the counter. I had that yesterday. Stadium gates will open two hours and 15 minutes prior to game time. Game time is at 6.30. We're talking 4.15. Okay, 4.15. If you show up at 3 o'clock and expect to get in, you're going to be in line. You understand that. Guests will be required to enter and exit the stadium through an assigned gate near their seating section that will be indicated on each mobile ticket. Maps and diagrams will be accessible on each mobile ticket. So when you pull up your mobile ticket in the top right-hand corner, it's going to tell you what gate to go through. It may not be your normal gate. It may not be your normal gate. So make sure that you see that because... It's not going to be like it has been where you can just kind of wander around the stadium and sightsee. You're going to be kind of restricted to your home area. Understand that. You go in this gate, you're going to walk in the concourse. You're not going to be able to walk to the other side. None of that's going to happen this year. Let's talk about these masks. I know that's a controversial issue. So your face coverings over your nose and mouth, not just your mouth, shall be required as a condition of all guests ingress and egress and movement throughout the stadium. Uh, so that means coming and going, as well as anytime guests are able to maintain the recommended physical distance from others who are not in the same household. So what that means, when you enter and exit the stadium and you are moving about the concourse, you're in line for concessions, you're in line at the restroom, you're going to need to have your mask on. Make sure you understand that. You're going to have to have your mask on. Now, when you're in your seat, they're going to encourage you to keep it on, but you don't have to. You can take your mask down at your seat. When you're with your family unit, we figure you guys are probably similarly situated when it comes to this virus. You can take your mask down and off and uh, ring responsibly, of course. But again, if you get up and go to get you know, some Cracker Jack or you know, pulled pork sandwich, whatever, you put that mask on while you're moving about the concourse. That's the reality of life these days. All credentialed game workers and employees will wear their face coverings at all times while in the stadium. Stadium security protocols remain in effect. That includes a clear bag policy and all metal detection screening procedures at all stadium entrances. That is nothing new, but they have not abolished any of that just because we've got 25% crowds. Electronically delivered mobile game tickets will be scanned digitally at stadium gates. Hand sanitizing and or hand washing stations will be available at entry gates and stadium concourses and throughout stadium areas. Again, you can get all this information yourself, again, by visiting hailstate.com and clicking on the game day tab. Very, very important. Everything that you need to know about attending a, a college game at Mississippi State is right there. Everything you need. Golf cart policy, fan code of conduct metal detectors, everything. And again, very prominently mentioned at the bottom of the page, in black, COVID guidelines and protocols. Make sure you familiarize yourself with every bit of that. Let me also encourage each of you to understand this. The individuals that are working to get you in the stadium want you in the stadium. 
So please be courteous to those people. They are not paid enough to have to deal with all this. Not to mention how many people are going to pass them that perhaps are COVID positive. You know, you know what I'm saying? There's enough to deal with already without having some of our fans get a little bit unruly and rude with the um, event management group. Those people are working a job to try to get you in safely, try to get you in quickly. And so the best way to ensure that the lines move smoothly is to do your own due diligence and come prepared to enter the stadium. And again, the university can't call everybody. They sent out emails. They posted stuff on social media. They even made these uh, great videos. So you can watch it and kind of understand. But again, take it upon yourself to take some responsibility for you and your family and go to healthstate.com and read those guidelines. Again, so you don't have to end up making a trip back to the car. If you do not have the required entrance documents, that includes that CDC scan, and you can just take a screenshot, keep it on your phone, and then your mobile ticket, it's going to just slow things down. It's going to frustrate you. It's going to frustrate those around you. So please, I beg of you, as your good friend and host, do what you're asked to do and bring a pair of gloves and two cowbells and then yell like H-E-L-L. Our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company want you to know that if you're looking to tailgate, you can tailgate with them. You can go to Bulldog Burger Company before, during, after the game. There, it's going to be a party-type atmosphere. And so for those of you that don't have tickets, or perhaps you just say, you know what, I just want to kind of be in Stark, want to kind of hang out, maybe go by and, and support some of our local vendors, you can do that at Bulldog Burger Company at both locations. They're going to have the game on. You can go by and have a great restaurant-quality hamburger and still kind of have that game-day party-type atmosphere, even if you don't have tickets. I know many of you are thinking, you know, I couldn't get tickets this year or I opted out for tickets this year. And uh, it's kind of it's a lot of trouble to try to find tickets. But I, listen, I still want to congregate with other Bulldog fans. You can do that at Bulldog Burger Company. Matter of fact, that is the place to be outside of Davis Wade Stadium. If you're not in the stadium, you need to be around other Bulldogs kind of celebrating uh, this Bulldog victory. Again, that's Bulldog Burger Company, the place for people in Starkville and Tupelo. Go to meet. M-E-A-T. I think we have a college game tonight, BYU and Louisiana Tech maybe. Maybe. So if you're looking for college football tonight, you can find some on your television. All right, let's jump into um, the SEC schedule. You know, every game is of even more importance this year because there's only 10. And you want to make sure you're in the upper half of this league to ensure you get to a ball game somewhere. And that there are already some schools that are already kind of behind the curve in that respect. And we're going to get into some of that a little bit later. Let's start with the early games. We're going to save the Mississippi State game until after, after the top 10 list. So South Carolina is on the road at the Swamp. Now, if you watched that Florida Ole Miss game, I know many of you did, you saw the Mullen Malays kind of take over. Once Once uh, Evan McPherson, former Bulldog commitment, Evan McPherson hit that 55-yarder, Florida went through the motions the rest of the game. I know Ole Miss scored a couple touchdowns and it made it look good in the box score. Uh, Florida was in control of this game pretty much throughout. Uh, probably, probably took control in the second quarter and uh, – did whatever they wanted to do. As I mentioned to you guys, they uh, they closed out the game scoring on seven straight possessions. Uh, again, you know, some of you guys, oh, they're improved on defense. Uh, no, no, they're not. No, 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 they're not. Dan Mullen gets a little vanilla late, and uh, they still win the ball game, kind of going away. I, I suspect this weekend that Florida is going to do probably beat South Carolina worse. Now, South Carolina, I think, is going to be an improved team this year. 
but their record's not going to show it. You know, they dropped a tough game last week at home against Tennessee. They'll go to Swamp. Uh, they're not ready for that. They're not going to be able to out-athlete Florida. But again, South Carolina's going to get somebody. You can go ahead and prepare for that. You know, last year they got Georgia. You remember that? They're going to get somebody, but I don't think it's going to be Florida. That's an ESPN game with 11 a.m. kick, and you can't get into the stadium before 4.15 anyway. There's no rush to campus because we can't sit out there and congregate and tailgate together and watch uh, these games at the tailgate and, and uh, have dinner on the grounds. But, uh, again, I think South Carolina is going to be improved. But they're going to be 0-2 after this week. And you begin to look at that schedule and you realize they're, they're staring another losing season right in the face. Let's pull it up real quickly and kind of run through that for you. I think it's one of those deals with South Carolina that, uh, you know, sometimes we forget who we are, but uh, the Muschamp hire was, uh, was largely panned. Those kids play hard for him, but I just don't know if he can attract coordinators to do such a great job. Mike Bobo has a lot of weight riding on his shoulders this year in Columbia, South Carolina. So after Florida, South Carolina goes to Vanderbilt. That's a game they probably should win. Then they host Auburn, a game they should lose. Then they go to Tiger Stadium. So you're looking at one and four at the halfway mark. Then they host A&M. And that, that's become actually a pretty good series, even though South Carolina doesn't win enough. Uh, I think by that time, A&M is going to be pretty, a pretty desperate team. So we'll see. Then they travel to Ole Miss. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Maybe you guys are. I just don't know if South Carolina can score enough. But I think by that time, South Carolina would have been able to uh, to establish some identity. So that, that becomes a bit of a toss-up game. Then they host Missouri. I think that's a toss-up game. They host Georgia. That's an L. And then they go to Kentucky. Kentucky will probably have a lot more to play for. But the second half of that schedule, I think there's a good chance that South Carolina can get somebody. But they're staring, you know, what a 2-8, and 1-9 and nine season right in the face. I mean, I mean, honestly, you look at that and you begin to think, you know what, I'm kind of glad we're not in that situation. But, uh, again, South Carolina, I believe, will be an improved team, even though their record doesn't show it. Uh, the non-conference games are important for them. Probably could have muscled out a 5-7, and seven, depending on how things shook out. They were not going to beat Clemson. I don't care how many times they say we really wanted to play Clemson. You have to say that. But they kind of dodged a bullet and probably breathed a big sigh of relief knowing they didn't have to play Clemson. I don't know that I'm going to play Trevor Lawrence right now either. I don't care how skilled your secondary is. That kid's phenomenal. All right, second game, let's go ahead and move along here, is, uh, we again, an early morning game, Missouri at Tennessee. This is probably the snoozer of the day, to be honest with you. Um, and I'll tell you why. Number one, I don't think either of these teams are very good. I do think Tennessee at Neyland will, will get the job done here. I don't know that Missouri can score. There's a lot of uh, confusion there on offense. And, listen, Alabama is going to make a lot of people look kind of, you know, mediocre this year. Alabama, very gifted on defense. They'll, they'll get some cohesiveness together and probably be a team that uh, the challenges for the playoff this year. So I don't know if we can judge Missouri too harshly. But listen, with Eli Drinkwitz and those guys, they're going to get it going. But let's be honest. Eli Drinkwitz has kind of kind of ridden the coattails of one Scott Satterfield. He got the head coaching job at App State last year and kind of got got to the next level pretty quickly. He is kind of billed as an offensive guru. We've been there before. But I don't think this is a game that they're ready for. I just don't think this early in the season that Missouri has established enough of an identity on offense. And let's be honest, Alabama could probably have scored another 20, 30 points on Saturday. 
So Tennessee should win this game. It'll probably be ugly. I don't think that Tennessee can routinely score and win shootouts, but this is probably you know, 24 to 10 type games like that. Our A&M at Alabama. Uh, this is where A&M begins to get their comeuppance. And uh, I've read the uh, the false narrative about, oh, A&M was so vanilla against Vanderbilt and they would win. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I, I think at some point after four years, we just kind of have to admit the fact that Keller Mond is at best an average quarterback. He is a one-read quarterback. If you make him become a quarterback, he will throw you the football. Mississippi State and Errol Thompson can attest to that. If you keep him in the pocket and don't let him beat you with his legs, he will give you the game. And, and not that Alabama is going to need to help this weekend, but that's going to be the case. And I, Listen, I know every year A&M plays Bama tight for a while. I just don't think that's the case this year. Despite the fact that A&M's got those veterans, I think in Tuscaloosa, and I think the folks at uh, – Bryant-Denny Stadium will welcome A&M with open arms and open mouths, and it is going to be a great atmosphere despite the, the uh, limitations on attendance. I don't like A&M in this game. I think A&M probably loses the next two, shows up and start with a 1-2 and two record and a very fragile psyche. Ole Miss will be at Kentucky. Here's the deal with this one. This is what you have to kind of these, – these, neither team is really a good matchup for each other which makes for an entertaining game. So the Kentucky run game is legit. I really like these running backs. I do. I think uh, Smoke and those guys can do a really good job. Ole Miss, absolutely abysmal against the run the last few years. I don't look for that to improve this year. Ole Miss hit some big plays last week uh, against Florida. They did. Some of it came late, but early in that ball game, it was very much a game, very entertaining now that everybody's kind of seen some film of that, it'll be a little different. But uh, be that as it may, listen, they've got some guys over there. I, th- I think Matt Corral is kind of underappreciated. You know, his decision-making at times has been questioned, but he has a tremendous amount of arm talent. And he's a good enough athlete. When things break down, he can run to get you first down. Not a lot of negative plays with him when he plays within himself. I don't think that Kentucky secondary is very good. I do think the front will be. I don't think that run defense for Ole Miss is very good, but the Kentucky running game will be. So this could be a very entertaining game. I like Kentucky in the game because they're playing at home. It's very difficult when you are a team that is used to losing for a coaching staff to get in there and kind of get you to believing again, uh, you know, without some evidence. Uh, Stoops, a great defensive mind in the SEC, doesn't always have the horses, but when they do kind of put it together, they're pretty legit. And so I think they're a team that will do a good job controlling the Ole Miss ground game. And Ole Miss ground game wasn't especially explosive uh, last week. I think in order for them to win ball games, they're going to have to be more explosive in the run game. I just don't know if that shows up this week. I, I really don't. I think that's one of those things you look at and you say, okay, uh, on the road at Kentucky – and Kentucky runs those odd man fronts. It's just kind of a difficult situation to kind of put this thing together. But I think there's going to be a deal. Look at this running game here. Uh, Jerry and Ely, 16 carries for 79 yards. That's pretty good. Uh, Matt Corral ran for 50. And you remember when State ran the dual quarterback type thing, Kentucky was always kind of the deal that uh, always kind of the burr in the saddle because they run those odd man fronts. And so as the next thing you know, they kind of take that quarterback run away from you. Snoop Connor, uh, 26 yards on just eight carries. Uh, 
Taylor Knight, 11 for four. Plumley, four yards on just four carries. I think you've got to find a way to get Plumley more involved. Maybe that's just me, but I, you know, I, I think you've got to find a way to get him more involved, whether it be a jet sweep or a bubble screen or something. He's explosive with the uh, with the ball in his hands, but I just don't think Kentucky is a team to get well against. I am not a big fan of Kentucky. Uh, I think, again, they're probably a losing team this year, but um, I think they're good enough to win at home this week. And if they're going to be a bowl team, if they're going to have an opportunity to get four and six, five and five, this is a game they have to win, and I think they will coach and play accordingly. Auburn, Georgia, under the lights. At Georgia, this this is one of the best series in the league that nobody really talks about. If you're just a fan of college football, this is a great game to watch. So maybe DVR this one because you're going to be at Davis Wade or you're going to be watching Mississippi State. DVR this game because of the fact I think this is going to be a really entertaining game. Georgia was very anemic at quarterback last week. Uh, they made the quarterback change and kind of put the game away. I don't know that uh, JT Daniels is the guy this week. Maybe he is. He's been practicing. He's been cleared now and ready to play. But I think when you look at this deal, you kind of realize that uh, Georgia kind of let Arkansas hang around through some of their own ineptitude at the quarterback position. You know, people forget Arkansas was ahead in that game, seven and nothing, hit a long and 91 opening, you know, I guess, I guess when second drive maybe. 91-yard drive, 49-yard pass from Franks and Traylon Burks. Burks is a guy that I think is kind of undervalued in this league, too. We'll have to make sure we keep an eye on him this weekend. But Mathis was 8 of 17. They make the they make the quarterback change and bring in Bennett. 20 of 29 for 211 yards and two touchdowns. That's getting it done. As I mentioned earlier in the week, Felipe Franks, 19 of 36, with an average attempt of 5.6 yards for 200 yards and a pair of picks. You throw a couple of picks against Mississippi State, it will there will be some separation within the ballgame. And again, it's one of the same situations. It's difficult to take a team that is used to losing on the road and win a football game. Very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. We'll get into a little more a little bit later in the show. We'll talk more about Arkansas. All right, so let's uh let's look at the uh, LSU Vanderbilt game. I wouldn't want to play LSU this week. I really wouldn't. Uh, they're expected to get Derek Stingley back. And listen, this is a very proud program. Ed Orsron, a very proud person. They were embarrassed last week. All they've heard in the media this week is uh, how Mississippi State torched DBU. They will come out motivated. I suspect that Orgeron probably had a great week of practice. They're still in it. They still control their own destiny. They could still win the West, but now they're going to have to beat Alabama in Tiger Stadium. And I'm sure that's kind of been the message is, you know what, the road to Atlanta still runs through Baton Rouge. Yeah, we got beat last week, and yeah, we kind of got exposed a little bit, but uh, how many people are going to be quite as prolific at passing as Mississippi State is? Well, and who knew that we'd be talking about us in that light? But be that as it may, I think LSU gets Vanderbilt pretty good. I really do. Vanderbilt, freshman quarterback. Listen, got a, got a really good young back, too. I, I like some pieces at Vanderbilt. I just don't know if Derek Mason is going to be around long enough to coach these guys. And listen, I don't know if you make the call this year. Vanderbilt needs those non-conference games to kind of uh, to kind of push for an opportunity to get to a bowl game. And listen, I, I'm a Derek Mason fan. I mean, I, I think that he is a tremendous defensive coordinator. He always has a good game plan. He doesn't always have the horses. You know, when I look back at last weekend and uh, and look at how Seals played at quarterback and. Uh, I guess Javian Marlowe is the junior out of Winter Haven, Florida. 
I think that he's a guy that can be a real dude for them. I think Vanderbilt's going to be able to run the football long term. I just, you know, I, what what do you get from Seals? Well, you know, he actually had a pretty good ball game last week against A&M, 20 of 29 for 150 yards and touchdown, two interceptions. But again, by the time you get a little bit deeper in the season, they, they could be, you know, decent. I don't expect them to win a game this year, but they could. They could certainly make it interesting, to say the least. Uh, I think you guys are going to enjoy watching football this week. I think that's one of the good things that I'll say about uh, the 10-game SEC schedule that I'm not in favor of, by the way. I'm not in favor of the schedule. I know some people say, hey, let's do it every weekend. Let's, I want to get to a ball game. And if that means some years that we need to win all four non-conference games and then our non-conference games and then win two in the conference and a rebuilding year, and that's what we got to do, I'm okay with that. I understand who we are, and I understand what we're about, and I understand the limitations that we have. But because of this unique schedule this year, there just aren't many bad games. You know, it's always some weekends, you know, where – Somebody's playing the Louisiana School of Math and Science and that sort of stuff. And um, it always seems that like there'll be a, a big blowout game on one channel and then there's that game. And so then you kind of get caught with a couple of dogs. It's nice this nowadays because you got great football all the time. But the reality of it is we need those non-conference games. We need the revenue that comes from those non-conference games. We need the wins to get towards eligibility. We need those uh, seven home games. It's an important part of things. I mean, it really is. And so I think when you begin to kind of take a step back and say, let's enjoy this season for what it is because we're so overjoyed to be playing football that, um, you know, we'll take what we can get. And then all of a sudden we get a surprise win, which makes this week that much bigger. You say, Steve, we're playing Arkansas. And I'm going to break down the show, break down the game a little bit more. But uh, the bottom line is this, is we have to show some maturity. We have, we have some veteran leadership on this team and the leadership of this team is going to be tested this week and has been in practice. KJ Costello told us we had a great practice on Tuesday. I was told Wednesday was a little bit herky-jerky, and then Leach stopped practice and kind of got everybody back on tune. That's what good coaches do. It'd be easy to kind of ride the wave of all the media appearances and that sort of stuff. And I was told earlier this week that uh, there had been about 50 media requests for KJ Costello, and he only did a handful of them. And this is a guy trying to get ready to go – uh, to go win into the football game. And listen, every game for him is an audition. It's a job interview. So he needs to go out there and show, okay, listen, let's show some consistency, KJ. You had the big game against LSU, but you still had some turnovers. Can can you play team? Can you play clean against a team that hadn't won an SEC football game in three calendar years? It's been since 17. If memory serves me correct, it's been since 17. And so – if you have a big game against OSU with a few warts, and then you come out there and have kind of a pedestrian game against Arkansas, what does that do for your draft stock? You say, well, you know, long-term Steve, he's an athlete with, with arm talent. He's going to be fine. But in order to really move up the draft boards, th- these are the kinds of games that you have to go win. Listen, if, if we had lost at OSU and still had a big day, that helps you. But you can't go out there and then uh, have an immature game against Arkansas and go out there and win that ball game, you know, 20 to 17. You got to go out there and have a very prolific game. You got to go prove that you can handle business. And that's what I think KJ's mindset is right now. And uh, I loved his comments this week. Rather than praise himself and talk about how great everything was, I, I asked him about ball security and wrote an article about it. You know, listen, that's. It's great to win a ball game, but it's also kind of the best of both worlds for a coach because you have teachable moments. It's like, yeah, that was great, but look at this. And if you heard Zach Arnett's interview, he was awfully miffed Wednesday night. 
talks about how we got an interception. It's because we got, got lucky because Jordan Davis had a Herculean effort there that prevented a touchdown. We were, we had, racing match was completely wide open. We'd had a bust with Osiris Verge, and then uh, that's just kind of a sign of good living right there, that you get the bust, and then your DB gets an interception because the defensive end crashes in there and impedes the throw. But Arnett wasn't happy, and I think that's good because I think when you have those moments, it enables you as a coach to really kind of drill things down and say, you know what, you're not as good as you think you are. Let me show you this. Let me show you this. Wait, you're supposed to do this. You're running the wrong way here. You got the wrong coverage here. You're out of position here. But, Coach, we won the game. You know what? But maybe we shouldn't have because you didn't do what we asked you to do. You didn't play the way you were coached to play. I think it's important for those things to kind of be considered as we kind of move forward. And so I think that gets, helps you renew your focus and the fact that you're coming home. Today's top 10 list brought to you by the folks at MyBookie. You guys are somewhat familiar with them. I know many Boneyard listeners play with MyBookie. You can go to MyBookie.com or go download the app, but uh, use promo code Boneyard to unlock some savings. Your winning season is here. It's not just the Bulldogs. It's your chance to cash in and use your insight uh, to win some cold, hard cash. There's nothing like feeling that burn and anxiety of having a game where you've got some skin in a game, and that's what MyBookie will help you do. So to give you some incentive, they will match your initial deposit up to 100%, all the way up to $1,000. So if you deposit $100, they're going to give you 200 to play with. So you can invest all that money and then uh, use some parlays or some in-game live betting, and you can bet on anything from MLB playoffs to the NFL to UFC to NBA. The finals are here. You know, Maybe you want to get involved in all that. Perhaps one of the most unpredictable things in all the sports is the NBA. Or you get into college football. So we encourage you to visit our friends at MyBookie and use promo code BONEYARD to unlock that offer. Again, that's free cash for you. You can't cash it out. you got to bet it. But you go, you know, again, up to 1000 bucks. They will double your deposit. Go check it out today. That's MyBookie.com. All right, today's top 10 list. I can't remember who asked for this, but it's probably been about two months ago, and I filed it away. And as I was going through my notes, I found this and realized that I hadn't done this list yet. So we're going to talk about probably one of my top five bands of all time. And that's Tesla. And there are a few disclaimers that I want to get before we get going. Tesla was not a hair metal band. And I don't really like the term. I think it's somewhat detrimental and disrespectful. But Tesla kind of got lumped in with a lot of the MTV bloated reveling, or pardon me, Revlon rockers. Um, because there were a lot of people that, that had more image than substance. But Tesla wasn't one of those bands. Tesla is one of the great rock and roll bands of my lifetime. And so if you like rock music, you're going to love Tesla. I have every Tesla album. Uh, I have physical copies of most of them. Uh, but listen, and I listen to these guys regularly. Uh, they have a very positive message. They do write some relationship rock and that sort of stuff too. But uh, they're a great band, and they were kind of unjustly lumped in with some bands that they were unlike. And what I mean by that is, is they just played rock and roll. If you go back and even look at those early videos, they're just long-haired guys in jeans and, and shirts, uh, you know, playing a tune. Whereas, uh, you know, other people were out there with all the pyrotechnics and that sort of stuff. Tesla was just a great straight-ahead rock and roll band. They're still out touring today. Saw them a couple of years ago at the Ryman Theater in Nashville, one of the greatest shows of my life. It's incredible. Wish I could go back today. All right, so I'm going to give you a top 10 list here. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? 
Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply some honorable mentions that I felt that I needed to. And, and so before we get going with two, no covers. I know many of you are thinking, well, Signs has got to be number one. Wrong? No. Signs is a cover song off the five-man acoustical jam, which um, is a cover of the band five-man electrical jam. They didn't do a whole lot, but Signs is a cover, and Tesla has done a ton of covers. One of my favorites of theirs is off the Bust a Nut album. It's the games people play. Great cover. They've got a couple cover albums out there. Uh, I know they redid uh, the Climax Blues Band classic, I Love You. It's great. You can go check all that stuff out yourself. But here are some honorable mentions. Uh, Caught in a Dream. That's one that probably didn't get the airplay it deserved. Uh, off of, I've got a couple songs here. Off of the Great Radio Controversy is Paradise, which they still play live. And then Lady Luck, which is an incredible B-side that I think should have been a single. Because Lady Luck took a walk when all I wanted was some company. Uh, Call It What You Want is off Psychotic Supper. That song did get some airplay. Really cool tune. Need Your Lovin' also off Bustin' Night. There was a, kind of a video to that kind of poking fun at like the big 80s band scene. Uh, kind of a silly video, but uh, again, a great tune. Off of Mechanical Resonance, it's Rock Me to the Top. A Kind of a B-side, but man, I can't listen to this song without turning it up. As soon as it comes in, as soon as uh, Tommy Skiich comes in with an opening guitar riff, I, I just I immediately, out of reflex, reach for the volume button. MP3, uh, I guess that's off uh, Here in the Now Frontier, or Here in the Now, pardon me. That's a Queen's Rock album, Here in the Now. Probably the, uh, the best single on that album. When I saw them in Nashville, they opened with MP3. And another B-side song uh, from Forever, Forevermore, I guess, in that album, is uh, Just In Case. Uh, good tune, kind of sentimental, makes you think about your own mortality. All right, so here's the top 10. 
And I think, listen, I could probably do a top 40 of Tuffle Tunes because I love the full catalog. I mean, there's there aren't bad Tuffle songs to me. They're just some that are more more favorites than others, but they're bigger favorites. So number 10 for me is Hang Tough off of the great radio controversy. So years ago, goodness, man, 25 years ago today, I was riding around in a 95 Toyota Camry, and I had Hang Tough on my license plate. H-A-N-G-T-U-F. I still have it. I actually had it signed by Jeff Keith, this lead singer of Tesla, and uh, Tommy Skietch. I have it autographed. It's around here somewhere. I need to find it and put it on the wall. Number nine, the one that got it all started, Little Susie. Great tune. Good blend of acoustic and electrical guitar. Uh, Little Susie, kind of a cautionary tale about the small town girl goes to Hollywood. Number eight, also off Busta Nut, Mama's Fool. Uh out on the road and a long, long way from home. It's one of those great songs. It, it builds and builds and builds. And um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of an anthemic type song. I think you should check it out. Number seven, there have been times in my life this has been my favorite Tesla song. This is one of the ones, an underappreciated classic in a catalog. And it's a song called Shine Away. Really long song, but it absolutely rocks. So if you're looking for like, once you get done with the Boneyard and say, you know, I'd like a good driving tune, hit up Shine Away from Tesla. It is incredible. I think it, it is some days, again, I could be convinced it is the best song in the Tesla category. Of all the rockers, this is one that always sticks with me. And there, I could be riding along sometimes and I'll just put it on. I mean, it just it's one of those songs that... Um, if you let's say that you're you're kind of a fringe fan of Tesla, you know, like oh yeah, I like the hits, I like the videos that are on MTV. This is one of those that the record company should have pushed a lot more. This is a huge, huge song. Number six, this was uh, an MTV single. This is Edison's Medicine off the Psychotic Supper album. Uh, kind of a, a tribute to uh, Nikola Tesla, the guy who with which their uh, band is named after. I don't know if it's Jeff or Frank or even Troy, but uh, they're all big into this whole thing with uh, with Marconi and Tesla, who invented the radio and that sort of stuff. And so they wrote a song about it, about Nikola Tesla, about how he was uh, kind of an underappreciated genius. It is fascinating. And that's what the, the album, The Great Radio Controversy, is entitled about all that. And then, of course, Edison's Medicine makes the follow-up album, which is kind of interesting when you look at it in hindsight. Number five, going back to controversy, Heaven's Trail. Great tune. And I, again, this is one of those ones that begin, opens up uh, with, with a great riff, and then they mix a great blend of acoustic and electric guitar. Um, there's no way out, no way out, unless you walk Heaven's Trail. Number four, back to mechanical resonance. This is one of those songs, when I have been at my lowest, there have been times that I've listened to this. There were times, you know, you're trying to become an adult, you know, just trying to kind of figure it all out, you know, being uh, young and, and uh, you know, having a family to feed and stuff. And uh, I used to listen to this song because it was one of those promises that, you know what, if I just do the right thing, if I suit up and show up and do the next right thing, the good things will happen in life. And, and I firmly believe that even to this day. But it's getting better. Getting better every day. Love that tune. Still listen to it regularly. Number three is a song we've actually discussed on the show recently about the great ballads. But it's What You Give from Tesla, an incredible love song. This is one of those songs that if it's on and you pull up in your driveway, you kind of sit in the car until it finishes, even though we've got instant music. It's just one of those things. It, for me, it kind of takes me to a moment in time. You know, I listen to that song and uh, it takes me back to like 96, 
95, 96, when uh, my first child was born. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where life is a little difficult. You know, it's like when you get a child and, and you're blessed with a child, there is a huge adjustment. There's a huge, um, you know, learning curve with all that stuff. And you figure it all out. But uh, it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, they always say, what well, a second child so much easier. And that's true because, you you know, you make so many mistakes with the first one. But uh, that song was, was out and kind of popular then and uh, still kind of hanging around on the airwaves back then. But what you give, such a great, great tune. Number two, and I know many of you expected this to be number one, but you forget that I'm a rocker. Number two is Love Song. And uh, I am not too proud to admit there are times in my life when uh, when we get to the end of the song and Jeff is singing the whole thing, I know, the words I know. It's like I, I get a lump in my throat hearing that because it's one of those deals emotionally. There's just such a connection with that song because all of us at some point have had our heart broken maybe through no fault of our own. And uh, Love Song kind of reminds us that we're not alone, that experience, that the lover's lament is something that we all are a part of. Uh, so again, Love Song, a huge, huge song. Great video too, if you remember, that's when I did the food drive out in Sacramento, their hometown. But number one for me was the one that really hooked me in. You know, I'd heard Little Susie and I'm thinking, hey, this is pretty cool. And then I heard this song, it's Modern Day Cowboy, and I was hooked from the beginning. Modern Day Cowboy, talk about the Cold War and that sort of stuff. Such a great, great song. The guitar on it was incredible because you had d dual lead guitarists and Tommy Skeets and Frank Hannon. I actually got to meet uh, Tommy Skeets a couple times. One time, believe it or not, I was in Cancun, Mexico, and he was vacationing down there, and I recognized him at a table at a Mexican restaurant, and I had to go over and say hello. And they tried to brush it off and tell me it wasn't him, and then, then a little bit later he came up and said, hey, and then he signed an autograph for me, which I promptly lost on the flight back from Mexico. Uh, but be that as it may, I think Tesla, in some respects, kind of lost a little bit of their harder edge when Tommy was uh, dismissed from the band. He's still around doing some stuff, and uh, but it's just not the same. You know, it's just not the same. But uh, Frank Cannon's done a great job, and when I saw them in Nashville, I didn't feel like the band had lost anything. I thought Jeff Keith was incredible. It's it's so great that he still has, despite that rasp that uh, he still has the voice to kind of pull it off live. They're such a great band. And uh, if you're not a fan of Tesla, you should be. And a lot of people, again, the younger generation, you look back at the all that 80s rock and you think it's all so silly. But uh, Tesla is a band that had a lot of substance in their writing and uh, a lot of quality in their performance. So go check them out today. Again, if you have ideas for the top 10 list, please send them along. I'm always happy to, uh, to peruse them and we'll pick it and maybe we'll do it on the show. I'll be happy to give you a shout out. The Mississippi State Preview is brought to you by your friends at DraftKings. If you're like me, it is very difficult to commit myself to a fantasy sports league regularly. I, sometimes I'd forget about it. Times I don't have, have a chance to do the research or change my lineup and that sort of stuff. It's just one of those things that uh, I have some interest in it, but it's just difficult to keep up with it. That's where the folks at DraftKings can help you because you know what? Maybe you've got a day. Maybe you've got a work day. And uh, you can't watch the games and you want to have a little interest in it, you can go visit them at the DraftKings app. Go download it today and use promo code Boneyard. And that'll give you an opportunity to win millions of dollars in prizes. These guys know a thing or two about cold hard cash. Since 2012, they've given away uh, about a billion dollars. So you go, it's very simple. You go download the app and use promo code Boneyard. And uh, then you pick your lineup. Stay under the salary cap, and then you, you face off, and you try to win. 
And so you win your league, you win. You win some tunes. What's the money? It's, it's as easy as that. DraftKings.com. There is a minimum $5 deposit required to be able to be entered into the, uh, you know, the raffle there. They have this, uh, trying to give away some money there. But, uh, you know, there's so much that you can pull from. I encourage you, if you are into fantasy sports and you just want one day or same day fantasy sports leagues, DraftKings, without a doubt, is the easiest way to go. Again, use promo code BONEYARD to uh, put yourself in a situation where you could win big. Visit DraftKings.com today for, uh, for to, to know the rules and restrictions about any of that. But uh, it's very, very simple. We get a lot of boneyarders that are uh, that are part of that and uh, having a lot of fun with it. Again, it requires less of a commitment. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the thing because it becomes such a thing with these uh, rotisserie leagues that it almost becomes like a job. And so maybe you're not ready to take that on, or perhaps you picked a bad team, and next thing you know, the, the league is already over, and you're already getting crushed. You just kind of want to start fresh. That's where DraftKings can kind of come in and help you. All right, Mississippi State's going to play Arkansas, and there have been some developments with the Arkansas roster since we spoke last. Just announced, I guess yesterday, really, um, Arkansas uh, defensive back and uh, expected starter. I think uh, when you get down to the brass tacks, though, the expected starter, Jark McMillian. Let me make sure I say this right. I may still get it wrong. So it's Jarquez McLillian. Uh, announced on his personal Twitter account that he is opting out. He did not play last week, but he was expected to return this week and start at corner. It's a guy that's played a lot of football for Arkansas. And here are his exact words. After much thought and consideration, my family and I have decided due to growing health concerns, it is best for me to opt out of the 2020 football season. I've been quarantined twice since returning June 1st. And after watching my mama fight for her life on the ventilator last year during the birth of my little sister, this has really hit home for me and my family being quarantined twice. I wish my university all the best this football season. So he is opting out. That is a significant loss to the Arkansas secondary. They did struggle a little bit last year. Uh, McClelligan played as a redshirt freshman in 2018 in all 12 games, started nine of those, again, as a freshman, uh, had 25 tackles, 21 solo, and had a, a seven high pass breakups on the year. How cool is that? Came back last year, started 11 of 12 games, missed one game due to injury. Uh, had 34 tackles, 21 solo, four pass breakups, and an interception against Portland State. Uh, he did record a, a, a tackle in every single game last year and had eight multi-tackle game performances. This is big uh, for Arkansas. Devin Bush didn't play last week. He's expected to come back and play this week. And there are a few other guys, too. Very, very young in that secondary. And that's people say, well, you know, they got four-star four, four players. Yeah, that's true, but so did LSU. And so uh, – our friends at uh, Hawksports.com share with us that uh, Kahari Johnson is a guy that was a true freshman um, that will likely have to play some this week. A lot of experience that they're going to miss with McClellan. Uh, they're going to need uh, Monteric Brown and then grad transfer Jerry Jacobs to kind of get out there and make some plays. And uh, Jacobs making the move to Fayetteville from Arkansas State over in Jonesboro. So Dorian Gerald is another guy. He is a, a redshirt senior, originally from Florence, South Carolina, went to college at the Canyons in California, and then uh, you know played a good bit last year, I guess. Um, they had the redshirt, I guess. That's right. Yeah. He, he had a season and an injury last year and um, took a redshirt year. 
And so this year was supposed to be the comeback year. And he gets a little bit banged up and uh, understand that he's on crutches and will be a game time decision. That didn't sound good. Supposedly he has a uh, an ankle injury that uh, is going to limit him for a while. He was a four-star prospect out of the country and considered by some to be among the best defensive ends in the country. Very, very talented guy. Will not be 100%. 6'3", 288 pounds. Not expecting him to make much of an impact if he plays at all on Saturday. So, again, that's two veteran guys who were expected to start against Mississippi State. One will not be there. The second one might not be as well. And so, as a result, that could be big news for Mississippi State. So, uh, Sam Pittman had his call-in show earlier this week and said that kind of one of the things they were planning to do is to rush three and drop seven and then have a spy on Kyle Hill at all times, try to limit Kyle's touches. I don't know how well that works because when Kyle Hill comes out of the huddle, Kyle knows where he wants to go. He knows what he wants to do. And so if he lines up left and then goes right, then you've got a spy trying to navigate through all that traffic and that trash out there. It's very, very difficult to do that. I just, I don't know if that works. That probably works buying the quarterback because a lot of times the decision to tuck in and go comes a little bit late. I don't know about spying a running back. Not to mention, Michael Leach does some, uh, some cool things with the backs where they stay in and show block and then kind of slip out into the pass pattern late when uh, the traffic is kind of cleared. I think Colin Hill is going to have a big game on Saturday. Not just because of the fact that uh, I think that they're going to drop several guys in coverage, which will open up all the underneath stuff and, and, and pass routes out in the flat. But I think he'll let him run football a little bit more. And now, listen, Mike Leach is going to run his offense. Colin's going to get his touches, whether it be a swing pass or the angle route or just giving it to him or tossing it to him in space. I think Colin Hill is uh, in line for a big ball game. And I think – the more that people bail out in coverage, the better Colin Hill is going to be. Not to mention with a full head of steam and a defense is kind of spread out around the field. Let's, let's say that you, know, you, you run everybody vertical and all of a sudden you, you drop it out there to Colin and he's running an open field. He's going to navigate through there and make some run after the catch. But not to mention the wear and tear that takes on a secondary that's somewhat depleted already. I think it's very interesting. Uh, again, and, and I don't want to be disrespectful to Arkansas. I, I like Sam Pittman. As I told you guys on Wednesday, I do. I like Sam Pittman. And I do think that they're going to get better this year. But uh, I think it's too early in the year for them to really challenge Mississippi State without Mississippi State's help. I, I Listen, I, I've been a Felipe Franks fan a little bit throughout his career. You know, one time he was committed to LSU and he committed to Florida. And it was a big deal. Uh, he has not lived up to his potential. He did not live up to his potential last week either. I don't think that he played particularly well. He played well early on when they were scripting plays and that sort of stuff. And uh, he has the athleticism to beat you. But his decision-making has been a real question mark. And so I think if Mississippi State can put the game in Felipe Frank's lap, I think that is something that will be awfully interesting. And people say, well, Steve, he's 1-0 against Mississippi State. And that's true, but he struggled in that ball game, and the touchdown pass was not not – thrown by Felipe Franks. If you remember, it was a trick play. Dan Mullen called up once Jonathan Abram went out of the game. And we had to put a uh, walk-on safety in. And Dan attacks right away. And uh, I, I tip my cap to Coach Mullen for knowing when and how to attack, you know, a reserve safety out there. Uh, that was big. But again, the one touchdown pass thrown in the game wasn't thrown by Felipe Franks. And so 
So, yeah, he's got the W, but I think it's going to be a much different situation because uh, unlike it was in the Joe Moorhead era, I think we can score. A lot of people are saying, hey, Steve, we're going to put up 70 on Arkansas. Number one, I, I don't think that, that meshes well with what I expect Arkansas to run defensively. I think Arkansas is going to try to slow the game down, play some zone, some deep zone, probably with some two high safeties, which should open up some running lanes for Colin Hill. And, again, I don't know how – how committed the running game Mike Leach is going to be. I think you check it down to Kyle, and I think it's going to be difficult for those guys to keep up with Kyle. The wheel route can work really well in a situation like this. But, uh, you know, be that as it may, I think State wins the game and covers, but I don't, I'm not expecting this 60, 70 points. If we go out there and put up 60 or 70, I might buy tickets to the Rose Bowl. But uh, my point being is that State's going to win the ball game, and uh, it's not, it, it may not be the theatrics that you saw a week ago. You need to go ahead and kind of get prepared for that. I don't think that Arkansas can score with LSU either. And I think this is one of those situations, too, where Arkansas has so many new pieces offensively, they're still trying to figure some things out, especially a quarterback, that uh, they're not capable of winning a shootout without Mississippi State's help. I think that offensive line of Arkansas is really going to be challenged. Uh, I'm sure they're going to try to run the football a little bit and try to get the ground game going. So the Bulldog linebackers are going to probably have to – to really kind of fit some gaps and play especially well. I just, you know, there's not enough receivers out in the pass pattern from Arkansas to really stress the secondary. And that's the thing that you think about. We talk about what a young secondary we have. Well, who do we match up against that's uh, going to test the secondary as much as LSU did? And granted, we did have some bust and we kind of lived to tell about it, but a lot of teams are going to be a little more balanced. And so we're going to see a different brand of Zach Arnett this week. It'll be interesting to see how he attacks at our Arkansas run game. If you're coming to town tomorrow, you can come see me. I will be at Campus Bookmart in the afternoon before the ball game uh, as they uh, have a book signing for Alpha Dogs. And uh, our good friend, Stan and Ma'am, Miss Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, they'll all be there. You can go by and see them, see their smiling faces, and you can pick up uh, some great Mississippi State merchandise while you're there. And you can see me, which is all the reason to come anyway, right? It's a great place with a great event with a great book about Mississippi State sports. And uh, if you're a reader or you know readers, now's a good time to go by and get uh, your signed and personalized copies. And uh, if you're nice, I might even take a picture with you. But uh, but be that as it may, come by, check us out. I'll be there, I guess it's 1 to 5. I think it's right, 1 to 5. Uh, might linger around a little bit longer, but I got to get over to the stadium and cover a ball game, you know. So I'm going to try to get all that stuff handled earlier in the day. Try to get over there and get parked and then kind of get situated. I've got a lot going on, as you guys uh, are well aware. Uh, the new book is out, and uh, I've already started getting some reviews from some Bulldog fans. It's always so weird. You know, you go out and you spend six months of your life working on a book, and somebody reads it today. You know, maybe I need to use my thesaurus a little more and make it more of a bumpy read. But, uh, but be that as it may, it's very rewarding. You know, people say, hey, Steve, I read the book, and I love it. And a lot of comments about the Alan McKean chapter, a lot of comments about the game of change. A guy messaged me yesterday, younger guy said he was somewhat familiar with the game of change from what he'd read online, but um, to hear Bill Anderton talk about it and uh, you know, to, to, to read uh, kind of the where are they now type stuff and to kind of understand, you know, kind of framing all that up to think about these were 19, 20-year-old kids. He said, you know, I don't think I've ever been prouder as a Bulldog and after I read that chapter. That means the world to me because that's what I was going after. I wanted to showcase this moment in time when our guys did a great job. And uh, listen, I'm going to encourage you too. If I, I, I kind of forgot to do this and, and it's wrong of me to do so but um, when you go to campus book mart 
and you shop online at campusbookmart.net, use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that'll get you free shipping on all items over 50 bucks, and you order less than 50 bucks incomplete, and that includes getting Alpha Dogs. So if you're if you're looking to get some Mississippi State hoodies, you can get your books there too, and then they won't cost you anything shipping because you're going to spend more than 50 bucks. I was remiss. I'm sorry, Stan. So you get the extended the, the extended show there. It's the extended commercial break. But uh, Campus Bookmark's been with me a long time. And I'll be honest with you, I, I had not spent a lot of time on Campus Bookmark until they began sponsoring the show several years ago. And uh, I spent a lot of time there now. And uh, bought my uh, granddaughter her first Mississippi State outfit right there at Campus Bookmark. They'll take care of you too. But uh, yeah, you can get your books there. And uh and some fresh maroon threads. We all need more of that. But it's, it is. It's very rewarding uh, that the book is out and you, you, know, you invest so much time and effort into it. But it's been so much different this time. You know, when I wrote Flim Flam, there was all this anxiety. It's like, number one, it was my first book. And so you begin to ask yourself, am I good enough? Can I pull this off? Is this story too big for me? Did I do the story justice? Did I tell everything that I could have and should have? And then uh, there's always the fear of litigation you know, when you approach a controversial topic like that. And so for the, the two weeks before the book came out, and probably two weeks after, all I ever did was walk around with an upset stomach thinking I was going to vomit at any second. And then uh, I remember, I don't even remember who it was, but there was a guy that read the book in one day. And uh, he went on Facebook and he said, I, I finished Fun Flame in one day. It's great. And uh, that meant more to me than I could share. Because all of a sudden I realized, okay, maybe we did okay. And then with Stark Villains, you know, we had some problems with the printer and there was a delay getting the, the pre-order shipped. And, and while that's not my fault, it's my name on the book. And uh, so people contact me and, and I, I get it. I don't blame them. They don't want answers. They don't know who to contact. So they all contact me. And so there was all of that that went on as well. But this time, much different, much different. It's been a lot smoother process. And uh, the, the printer did a great job. I love the maroon. You know, that's the thing Mississippi State folks were very particular about maroon. And uh, when I first saw the proof of the cover, it was a little bit on the red side. And they said, oh, no, that's going to be a little more maroon. It's not going to be like the Crimson Tide or anything. And so I got the book, and it was such a beautiful cover. And uh, the color is, is the Mississippi State maroon. We checked, got the number from MSU Marketing. And uh, so it's a great, deep, rich maroon book with white lettering. It'll stand out on the shelves. It's Alpha Dogs. And uh, I'm eager to hear about your favorite stories because that helps me next. When I get ready to write the next one, I kind of like to know what, what's interesting to you. I know what's interesting to me, and I try to go find stories that perhaps haven't been told as frequently as many others. But, uh, you know, I got to talk to people that, uh, you know, they're a part of all that. And uh, that is one of the coolest things about all of this is being able to talk to Coach Harper Davis being able to talk to Bill Anderton, being able to talk to Rafael Palmero, being able to talk to Mitch Moreland, who was in spring training at the time, and then uh, took some time out of his day to talk about Mississippi State sports with me, and he could not have been better. He could not have been better. It's like, you know, he's out there working a job, trying to, you know, find a good contract for himself. You know, he's with the Red Sox then, and he was in a one-year deal, and, um, and it was, I think, I think he enjoyed doing the interview because it took him back to a simpler time. And he talked so much about what it meant to, to be out on the road in a Major League Baseball park, and all of a sudden somebody hollers out, hey, Hell State Mitch. And he said sometimes when people would yell that to him, he got chills thinking, you know what, I, I'm, I'm part of something. 
even though I've been gone from campus all these many years, I'm still part of this family. I'm still part of this bulldog culture. I think there's something special about that. And listen, I'm not saying it's unique to Mississippi State, but uh, we support our Diamond Dogs and our other former players that move on to play other sports. And uh, that's the reason people keep coming back. And that's one of the things I wrote about earlier today was about, you know, these unofficial visit restrictions hurt Mississippi State a lot. They hurt everybody, but I think it hurts Mississippi State even more because of the fact there's so many people that have a negative perception of Mississippi State. They think we've got a bunch of double-wide trailers in the middle of a cow pasture for them to go to football meetings. Then they get here and they see the Sill Junior Complex. What a generous gift it was to help get that thing built. They see our practice fields. They see our stadium. They go in the stadium club. They see Duty Noble Field and they're thinking, holy smokes, this place is legit. And so, but you got to get them here. That's the thing. You got to get them here. And now you can't get them here unless they come at their own expense and you can't provide them tickets. And so that's something, yeah, that's. We talk about recruiting. I'm not going to make excuses for anybody. I think we're actually recruiting okay. We're not recruiting great. We're recruiting okay. Um, and a lot of it's because of the fact that we have a uh, you know, thin in-state talent pool. But uh, that being said, our recruiting efforts are, are aided in every sport when we can get people to campus. You know, Nikki McCray-Penson, you know, she's recruiting at a high level. But it's one of those things, especially when – with women's basketball recruiting, a lot of these young ladies are from major metropolitan areas. And Mississippi State, eh, I don't know. And then they get here and they see what a commitment we've made to women's basketball. And I was like, okay, all right, that's legit. So I think, you know, there will probably be, you know, some some players that we ordinarily would have gotten that we won't get because they're not able to come see our beautiful campus and be around our wonderful, uh, you know, family. That's part of the deal. And everybody's dealing with it, but I still think that it's a, it's a bigger hindrance to places like Mississippi State. It's one thing if you're recruiting at the University of Washington, you have the spoils of Seattle, Washington. Because then every guy thinks, okay, well, listen, this is a great place to go and hang out and party, and I can take a girl, a pretty girl on a date here. I can go buy a nice shirt here. It's a little different deal when you come here because you don't know those things. You don't have the benefit of NBA, and you don't have the benefit of Seattle doesn't either, but... Uh, but you don't have the benefit of pro sports and you don't have a major metropolitan area. You don't have the shopping. And so there's just something different and special about Stark when it's not for everybody. And it's okay. I don't need everybody to like it. But I do think it's one of those deals where we need to, we need to find a way to get people to campus as best we can. Signing day will be here in a couple months. But um, you know, we've had some players that have, on the, of their own volition have made trips to, to start when it comes to campus and uh, to see our, our beautiful little town. And, uh, and I love it here. You know, I'm, I'm here for the duration. I, I suspect, I mean, you never say never, but I, I expect to be here until, uh, until it's all said and done. And until that day happens, I'm going to keep writing about Mississippi State, and I'm going to do my best to share with you guys some news. And uh, There have been some rumors that Mississippi State is down a defensive back. I believe there is some validity to that. But I have been told, I have not been able to get it confirmed. I've talked to several people, and um, nobody's willing to say anything on the record, or even off the record. But I have been told that uh, the player in question is not a starter. And that's the big concern everybody wonders about. Oh, we're hearing all this stuff. And next thing you know, there'll be rumors on all the message boards about how this guy and that guy's not going to be there. And this guy's injuries lingering or whatever. Uh, but I'm told that the, there is a possibility that we're going to have a guy down the depth chart a little bit at defensive back that uh, will miss the ball game and could miss, you know, a month or more. So I hate to drop that rumor on you late without more information, but there's really not much more to, to, to share with you. But uh, we will update that 
uh, in the morning once we get out there and see who's in the uniform and who's in workouts and who's not. But uh, at the end of the day, it's not going to derail the ball game. It's not a situation where, you know, that we're going to get out there and all of a sudden have to play with 10. So it's important to kind of take some things in perspective. We got a big roster, not aware of any COVID-related issues. The first thing everybody asked me is Steve, who tested positive for COVID. There is no way they're ever going to tell us that. You know, some stuff leaked out last week. And, um, you know, if it ever gets out, it's going to come from the individuals themselves because Mike Leach and his staff and then uh, media relations are certainly not going to share that information. So it's important to understand that as you kind of move forward. Again, thank you guys so much for those of you that have bought the books. You can find them at alphadogsthebook.com. You can get Stark Villains gear. Let's not forget Stark Villains. You guys are still buying it. But uh, if you need Stark Villains gear, go to starkvillains.com. And it's hoodie weather, so you need some fresh hoodies. Kids love hoodies. Everybody loves a hoodie. Go to starkvillains.com. Order your Stark Villains hoodies today. And if you live in town, you can get it in your, uh, your, school, your high school colors. That's going to do it for today. We'll see you next time. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.